You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 87 of So You Want To Be A Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the lovely and talented photographer, Gina Militia. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case people didn't know you're a photographer, how are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? The lovely and the talented Valerie Koo. (laughs) What's new with you? Oh, you know what? I'm feeling... um, pretty up myself today. Why are you up yourself? You I mean got... that's different to any other day? Yeah, a little bit more than usual. Uh-huh. Um, I got my drill out today. Oh, yeah. And, I know um, you like a good drill. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, shall we start again? No, we won't start again. Yeah, go on. You got your drill out today. <laughs> and I um, – I, I, so – We've got. <laughs> That's all right. Breathe. Get it together. This is listeners. If you're new to this show, we're not usually like this at all. In fact, we are usually very, very professional. But Gina is talking about. Uh, she was a little bit of a handyman today, weren't you, Gina? I was handy person, Val. Handy you're person. always correcting me on gender. Yes. So. We've got a, an issue. We have a mouse living under the uh, sink, right? I like a real mouse, not the kind uh, that you use with your computer. No, a real mouse. Oh. Jason. Jason. His Jason. name's Jason. Did he tell you that? No, but like, like you look at him, he looks like a Jason. Oh. So Jason on his own was okay, but then he got married. <laughs> and uh, You too. Uh, Andrea. Okay. Uh-huh. And Jason and Andrea had several children. Oh. And uh, it was getting a bit much for hell. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, Were they crawling around your house? No. So they can only, under the under the sink, uh, the um, the guy that installed the, um, the dishwasher mm. uh, actually, like, m- drilled several holes for the plumbing and then just went, oh, few of these aren't right, <laughs> but he just left them. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, good on you. And uh, so there's at, there's like these three or four access points from under the house where Jason and the family can get in and get up mm. and get into the bin and, uh, <gasps> follow and great stuff, you know, and I keep my recycles sort of stuff under there. There's uh, old Nutella jars, God knows what else. So, like, the, the family were having a field day and they were, like, loving it and uh, it, I, I couldn't bring myself to put a trap or any bait or anything under oh. there because they're so cute. They're so cute and little. Yeah, so I thought, well, um, I, I put some uh, timber across the holes oh. 
Oh, yes. They work together as a family, Val, mm. and they move the timber. The clever things. They're clever. Mm. So I, I went down to Bunnings where dreams come true, which is like a big hardware supplier. It's and, like uh, Home Depot, everyone. At Home Depot. And so what I needed was probably, uh, you know, $10 worth of equipment, mm. $100 later because I bought it. <laughs> bought a new torch, I bought lights, I bought all manner of stuff. I got some mesh and uh, drill bits and screws and I covered the holes, Val. Oh, well done. Oh, yeah, I'm very, very So now it's like they're, they, they, it's now that they, they can see, see through, but they but can't, they can't get, get in. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, almost more of... cruel. Well, but I thought the holes might be there for something. There might be some sort of need for the ventilation. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to, like, cover them completely. Mm. So, but, yeah. Did so... it occur to you, Gina, to maybe um, find them? And not trap them to kill them, but trap them so that you can then take them to a farm in the countryside instead of perhaps uh, putting them in jail and (laughs) and they might die down there? Here's the thought process. Uh, One actually fell into the bin one night and was trapped there. And I thought, okay, I'm going to take the bin outside and free this one and get it out. But then I thought, this could be one of the babies and then it's separated from the family, and they're going to fret. Right. I couldn't do it. Okay. But you so could it's like have got a the lockout. rest of the family. I couldn't and... then, well, what if I couldn't find all of them, and what if little Jimmy Bob was left by, by himself and all the family had moved around? No, I couldn't. Oh I, I, it's just all like right, a let's... blanket lockout. I think we should move on because people, listeners are going to be thinking that this is a podcast about mice <laughs> or so you want to be a farmer yeah but in fact it's about <laughs> photography isn't it so tell us what you've been doing in the world of photography this week Gina big week I actually shot three covers this week so two wow. magazine covers and a book cover the book cover we oh. actually filmed that for the podcast community as well so that'll come out um in a couple of months once the book comes out and yeah. so that was uh really cool and uh what else did i do a couple of other shoots and we did a, a mastermind um this week as well which was great so it's been a big week I've just uh finished uh editing uh, a couple of jobs and got those out so it's been I've, I've had a good week Val what about you what have you been doing oh fantastic well I have been um I have been emailing you to ask you your advice on um, what tripod I should buy <laughs> yes. because even though I have 5,000 they're all cheap crappy ones yeah as you know 5,000 you, you probably have about 10 in all honesty yeah but and they're they're a bit average <laughs> uh but um so I'm finally you know thinking I need to invest in a proper one yeah you've given me some great advice and yep. if listeners are interested Gina has suggested that I get the Manfrotto 475B and why did I suggest that size, Val? Because that's a, one of the bigger ones, but because, why? Well, also because it's sturdy, it's strong, mm. and it'll last forever, mm. basically. Because yep. my flimsy ones, yeah, a wind could, a slight breeze could come Someone up. could breathe on them, Val, and they'd fall <laughs> over. Honestly. Yes, this is true. <laughs> but anyway, but I did, um, yeah, I... I'm going to take your advice, Gina. So I am now going to be doing some online shopping to see where some of the better deals are. Yep. And I need to get one with a head. 
Oh. You need head, Val. Yeah. You really do. I so, do. Um, and it has to be good. It's sturdy. And then you need to think about whether you get uh, the video tilt pan head or yes. the geared one uh, There's uh, or the ball head, which gives you uh, – and there's precision geared ones as well, which are fantastic, which I'm kind of eyeing off. I'm thinking of um, trading up on mm. my uh, older, older head. So, yes. Brilliant. And um... – Apart from that, what else have I been doing? Goodness me, it's just been one of those fragmented weeks where I've been doing 5,000 million things, but uh, hopefully it calms down a bit now. But let's move on. We have a great topic this week. <laughs> 17 minutes in, let's watch the topic, Belle. <laughs> <laughs> the best DIY photography gadgets. And I love a good DIY gadget, but I think you love them more because you love oh my God. pretending that you are actually MacGyver, you know, just like you and you're making your little jail for the mice. You yeah. love MacGyvering all it's sorts so of It's so satisfying to make stuff and to make uh, yeah, like DIY photography. You don't get it, do you? I don't, no, no, I get it. I don't get as satisfied as you, but, you know, I can admire them. When right. when I when I'm you know come across them, it's always very clever and very ingenious when I see what you MacGyver. But before right. we get onto that, we yep. have some shout outs, don't yep. we? Yep. From Guillaume Cornier, yep. we have something about the Fosbury flop. So last week, uh, Val on the uh, po- on the podcast, the episode was about uh, how to photograph fast moving objects, and for s- some reason, I was talking about a uh, high jump, a high jump event, yes. and I wanted to know what the name of the particular style of uh, high jump where the the athlete runs up to the uh, the high jump bar, turns around with his back to it and flips over backwards. There's a name for that particular manoeuvre, mm-hmm. which I couldn't remember and you were completely clueless <laughs> yes. to as well. It's the Fosbury flop. Of course it is. Yeah. How could I and have so, forgotten? Just in case anyone's as excited as I was to hear this, thank you for that uh, link too. Uh, I also put a uh, link to the Wikipedia page on Fosbury Flop in case anyone wants to read up about it. Yeah, Fantastic. but like, didn't you learn that in high school, the Fosbury Flop? We I had did to do not. it. I obviously went to a different sort of high school. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but last week we did talk about how to photograph fast-moving objects. And the yep. challenge that we put out to people in hashtag Gina challenge was hashtag speed, which you could yep. interpret however you like. And so many people responded with their interpretations or their versions of hashtag speed with so many different types of images. And they did that in the Facebook group. And if you aren't already in the Facebook group, group you can join for free. It's called So You Want To Be A Photographer Podcast Community. And it's a great place where we exchange ideas and upload photos, including hashtag Gina Challenge, the weekly challenge. So the one of the first ones that I saw and absolutely loved mm-hmm. was by Sean Salden. And it is an in-action shot uh, of Raspberry, who is – and Raspberry is what Sean's – What a cool name. Yes, is Sean's little Persian cat, adorable-looking yeah. face. Uh, and um, 
Sean says this is the beginning part of her jumping in the air after her rubber toy mouse attached to a fishing rod. She looks like she's standing and posing, but really she's launching into the air and twisting trying to catch the toy mouse. And she sometimes gets mistaken for an Ewok from Star Wars. And I can certainly see why. It's a great in-action shot. It does look like she's standing up and extending, but clearly you've really, you've used a you know, very fast shutter speed and um, captured and the, the expression of this cat. He's frozen that using the two Yong Nuo flashes. So we talked about that. The speed lights uh, emit the uh, the fast burst of flash. Uh, so and and that's what freezes the action. And also uh, picking a, an aperture of f eight makes sure that it's uh, sharp all the way through. And he's absolutely nailed this. And this is what's so great about these high speed shots that they just freeze something that like you wouldn't normally see. It's like that that would have happened so quickly for the naked eye but to capture the expression on <laughs> on little raspberry's face and just the positioning of where the, the little toy is in yeah, the air fantastic shot so we'll put the image along with all of the other images that we're referring to are in the show notes which you can find at ginamilitia.com that's m i l i c i a and yeah all of the show notes will be there so the next image, which is a classic in-action, you know, speed shot, is by Mike Hickman, and it's of a racehorse basically racing on a racetrack with a jockey yeah. on it, right? Yeah, and so um, he's uh, shot this on his Canon 6D. This is the, uh, you know, probably the shot you'd see at the finishing line. It's, de- you know, on the straight. Uh, jockey is up high and uh, you see uh, all the all the dirt being kicked back and all the uh, sensational muscles in the um, in the uh, the body of the horse there. So he's used his uh, Sigma 70 to 200, shot at 2.8. And um, with a uh, two times teleconverter, which uh, actually uh, like brings him uh, a lot closer. So that's a, a cheap way using a teleconverter is a cheap way to uh, extend the reach of your lens. So rather than having to fork out and buy a 500 mil lens so you can fill the frame with this kind of action, he used the teleconverter and uh, he's uh, shot this at one two thousand five hundredth of a second. Wow. And uh, it's, a, it's an excellent shot. Well done, Mike. Yeah, fantastic. And we've also got a series of action shots of some guys playing ice hockey, you know, chasing the puck, but also almost at the at the goal as the goalie tries to protect, um, you know, the puck from going in. And yeah, you can yeah. actually see the puck midair uh, right in front of the goalie. And this is by Andrew McNamara, yeah? Yeah, 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 and and uh, and th- this is awesome, and I love uh, the shot in the goals as well because it's just like you're there as part of the action, and he's got that the the, the puck. Uh, airborne, which is fantastic. So uh, great shot. And what's the, the specs of that? Um, he's shooting at ISO two thousand for this, um, and at one five hundredth of a second, and also at f two point eight. So shooting wide open. So sort of a high degree of difficulty there. And really, uh, I know Andrew uh, plays a bit of ice hockey, so probably that would help. But you know, it's a matter of anticipating the action because that puck moves around so fast that, like, you know, to be able to hone in and get that shot, uh, well done. It's very, very cool. You really feel like you're you're there. Yeah, absolutely. And we've also got a great in-action shot 
of a doggy shot by Heather Humphrey, which we'll put in the show notes as well. Yeah, and we, we talked about this as like, uh, you know, uh, chase your kids around or chase your pets around. Mm. Really great way to not only practice uh, getting the right shutter speed uh, to freeze the action, but also uh, your focusing as well, which is two of the, 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 the most used things you'll be, you know, that'll be requested of you as a photographer. And so if you try this sort of stuff every day when you have to do it in real life you you're just going to know how to do it you'll you'll, you'll be set so I think it's a, a, a great thing to do uh, take 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 your camera with you when you take the dog to the park and just uh, you know spend five minutes uh, just uh, capturing the action my cat Rex is a little bit he he, do, he do, tends like to be lazy so when I got the camera out to shoot him the other day, I was never going to achieve any speed shots. No action. All he really wanted to do was sleep and stretch. Yeah, but that's so okay. That's, uh, not not that challenging, is it, Valerie? <laughs> but it's he's beautiful. Have you ever seen those uh, YouTube videos? Uh, uh, Google it if you haven't seen it. Uh, but if you put a cucumber next to a cat when they're not, they don't oh, realise. Have you seen those videos? I have seen them. Yes, <laughs> so, <hilarious>. so we, <laughs> And Google it if you uh, if you haven't seen it because it's really funny. So if you put a cucumber next to a cat and they don't know it's there, when they realise it's there, they turn around and they jump a mile because I think a cucumber looks like a snake. Yeah. I would not freak out my cats that way. <laughs> oh, Poor little thing, they'd have a little heart attack. Yeah, no, you wouldn't want to do no. that. But you could, like, if you had the flash set up, you could. No, no not going to do it. Okay. Little baby. <laughs> All right, we have a great shot in action shot by Marty Hitchings, who has uh, photographed a swimmer looking like she's doing butterfly as she's emerging from the water and her hands are you know parallel to the water it's a it's a great shot yeah yeah fantastic and again f 2.8 shot on the 70 to 200 and uh like one six fortieth of a second uh and i love the splash and uh, i really love the perspective of this one very cool shot can you do butterfly val no, not well. That's probably my least. I can do uh, breaststroke really well. Okay. <laughs> and doggy paddle and yes. maybe freestyle, but uh, yeah, not, 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 uh, I don't love swimming much. Mm, yeah. Fast. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, the bizarre thing is, I have a pool and I've lived <laughs> what here. What colour for... is it at the moment? I oh, know it's a good colour. Oh, really? Yeah. So I have a pool, but, and I will have lived here now for. 14 months and I haven't have you gone in? in haven't You're a cat. You are a cat. You don't, like, so I don't think I've ever seen you. Like, we were in the Philippines. I was up every morning <laughs> at 5 to go to get in a couple of hours swimming in that beautiful water. I don't even think, I think you came down to the beach once and I then did. you complained the whole time you were there about the sand. It was hot. And it was hot. Mm. Like, the, yeah. the water was like soup. It was beautiful. Well, I, yeah, emos, okay. they're fantastic. So, um, but there's also a fantastic shot by Mike Eisman. It's in action. This, it's a, it's a guy. I think he's trying to catch a baseball. No, he's and, throw, I reckon, Oh, he's throwing a baseball. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Well, he's either trying to catch or throw a baseball. I think throwing. Yeah, you're right. But he is literally airborne. Yes. Yeah, and it's a great, definitely in action shot. Great example of hashtag speed. 
He's got a rip in his knee too, Val. Yes, just See like that? the kind you have. Yeah, but he would have just got that. Yes. Probably went, you know, skidding across the ground to, to catch the ball. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. But yeah. my favourite, well, apart from the cat, because I love cats, is um, Michael Goes Shot. Because last week we spoke about, you know, because when we shoot things that are fast moving, they're not always racehorses or cars or athletes. They can be simple things like uh, water droplets or mm. um, one of the things we spoke about was the plop in a coffee yeah. in the middle well, of the coffee. Well, you spoke about the plop. Yes. I said dollop, but you like plop. Yeah, I like plop. Uh. And Michael has done that. He has captured the it's just the most perfect plop in it's beautiful in it's just perfect it's a beautiful plop yes i cannot um find a better word than it's the, a perfect plop mm. so i love it the image is in the show notes so well done michael just absolutely love it mm. um yeah you should and like, he uses a sensor for his and he says that uh using the um the the sensor he used to do them by um uh, manually, but once he got the sensor, he went from getting the shot 10% of the time mm. to getting the shot 90% of the time. So, um, and I'm mine has arrived, but it's now at the post office. So, I was hoping to get a few high speed shots with my new sensor, but it'll have mm. to wait till next week now. And what I like about this plop is that he's got a he's got the coffee, which is essentially brown in color, and mm. he's with the plop, he's plopped a dollop of milk, which is obviously white. But yeah. the way that the plop of milk goes down and sort of plops back up, it it has a little. It, it's it makes a little white um, uh, drop, as yeah. well as a white splash. And he's captured yeah. the splash mid uh, in mid air. It's just perfect. Yeah. it's fantastic. All right, let us move on to the best DIY photography gadgets. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yes. <laughs> so they're like every time I see them, I'm like, we, we there's a whole show now on because I've just found so many great ones, and you know, as you as we said at the start of the show, I love a MacGyver hack, yes. and uh, you know, you don't always have to spend the big bucks on gear, and if you can find a a good way to do it yourself, it's that satisfying thing of doing it yourself, and also uh, saving a few bucks that you can maybe put to um to other gear instead. So mm-hmm. um. Let's launch in. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I want to talk about the fir- the first one that was actually shared in the podcast community by uh, Brian Becknell, and this one is actually uh, using a um, a frying pan and uh, attaching your uh, tripod head to that to give you a, uh, a low uh, tripod that you can uh, then mount your camera sort of in the shallows. Uh, you know, on the beach when the sand is a bit soft and and things like that. So um, really, really cool idea. And uh, so basically uh, you just need uh, (laughs) a drill and some screws and you basically, yeah, you (laughs) – you you drill through the uh, the bottom of the fry pan and uh, and then you you bolt the tripod head to the yes. middle of the fry pan yep. and then um you it'll it'll um keep your your camera very low because it's very hard 
uh, most tripods will only go so low to the ground. Mm. And then if you're trying to shoot uh, like just uh, you're at the beach, you want to get a really low angle of something, then you tend to get your, your tripod is uh, constantly being immersed in, 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 in salt water and mm. sand and things like that, which can't be good. Mm. So this is a way to uh, it keeps everything dry because it's like that the fry pan protects it from the water and mm. keeps it nice and steady. Uh, fantastic. Great idea. I love it. So clever. It's so it, clever. The, the frying pan gives the, the flat surface the stability as well. Just brilliant. Yeah. Isn't that a great idea? Yeah, brilliant idea. Yeah. What, what, what else have you got? So the next one uh, I want to talk about is uh, like a D- DIY uh, dolly. So I know um, oh. a lot of photographers are now doing uh, film as well and um, yes. I, I, I think that uh, like photography is really changing and I think a really good way to set yourself apart from other photographers these days is to be able to uh, always find a way to value add as a mm. photographer. And so uh, if you're uh, being uh, hired to shoot the stills, I don't think it hurts to offer that as an additional service. You've got to be careful that you're not sort of offering it as part of, you know, just giving it away for yeah. nothing. But yeah. you can say like, hey, while we're filming this, so say you were doing lifestyle for someone, Val, a lifestyle mm. shoot, you're doing the portraits for the company, uh, you can suggest for an extra fee, I'm prepared to grab some uh, lifestyle shots uh, for the company while we're shooting this. Is that something you'd be interested in? So when you're doing that sort of stuff, uh, to get those beautiful uh, panning shots and those moving shots, uh, often mounting the camera on a dolly is the best way to do that. And so basically a dolly is like a, uh, a little rig on wheels mm. that you can, uh, you know, move the um, – the camera across a table or uh, I've seen it done where they set up uh, in the movie industry and TV, they set up rails uh, and and the camera runs across. Uh, So you get those beautiful, steady, lovely panning shots. So this is basically uh, one uh, like from DIY photography where you can use um, uh, like uh, wheels and PVC and uh, like skateboard wheels and, and you can rig something up and, and nuts and bolts and glue and uh, make your own little dolly, which is, you know, not that expensive. Yeah, I would struggle to make that. So basically <coughs> what it is, it's like um, some PVC pipes that then are attached, but very low, only like 20 centimetres by 10 yep. centimetres, and they're attached to these little wheels and mm. then the camera is attached to the PVC only about 10 centimetres or 15 centimetres from the ground um, or from the wheels. And um, But you can see how it can roll around and how, how it can then have that smooth action of rolling, as you say, across a table or a floor, but I would struggle to make the um, PVC contraption with the wheels. Do you think you could do that, Gina? Yep, because, like, when I was a teenager growing, probably from about the age of uh, nine, I had skateboards, Val, and it's probably my favourite Christmas ever was the year that my dad bought me a skateboard and it was probably, yeah, probably up there with the year I got a bike. 
Wow. My memory. It was just the, the most exciting thing. And so we used to pull the, the wheels off and clean them and then sand the deck of the skateboard down because they were, they were wooden skateboards in those days. Yeah, and, right. uh, um, you know, we would remould them and put sandpaper on the top of them and, uh, you know, fantastic. Wow, so, we had so really good. different childhoods. What, what were you doing? What was your favourite Christmas gift, <laughs> Tell me, what was it? Oh, favourite Christmas gift. Um, well, I'm not sure about favourite, but or maybe it was my favourite. Um, but one that was heavily utilised was when I was nine, My uh, I got given a manicure set. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have got a manicure set. <laughs> and I um became obsessed with it and oh, I did and you still are. I did my yes, you I did are. my nails every day for yeah. like I don't know, a year or 18 months. But to this day I still have very nice nails. Um and uh, yes, you do know and in fact Gina has experienced firsthand my obsession with um uh, nails. I, I will always have a nail file or something yep. like that. And once Gina Cut had code. to borrow it, right, because she needed – it was a metal one and she needed to uh, um, adjust something on her camera because she is MacGyver and she just uses the tools that are available. So I said, yeah, sure, here, use my nail thing. And she adjusted her camera and because we were shooting uh, on location and we were in a hotel room that the pub- publicist had organised for that for that shoot and for that day. At the end of that day, I said, oh, have you got my nail file? She had left it in that hotel. Oh, my God. I've got no memory of this whatsoever. <laughs> and, had, like, you've been harbouring this resentment <laughs> for how long now, Valerie? Guess what you're getting for Christmas? Gold-plated <laughs> manicure kit. Like, you never said anything. I didn't realise. I'm so sorry. I'm one with your name engraved and everything. So these days, when I lend her my nail file, I always make sure I get it back straight away. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on to the next DIY thing. So the next one is sort of uh, following on from that. So if you've got – I would got just like the... to – I'd just like to, like, put, give some context to, thing, to this. We were in another state. We were, in, we were on location somewhere where we had to catch a plane. So it's not like I had a stash of nail files. I wasn't at home. This they was give my one it to and... you in the hotel, Val, this for nothing. My... Oh, well, and the Emery my... board is like two special... cents. This was a special one. They're and... a dollar at Priceline. No, this was a special one that, and therefore I didn't have my nail file for the rest of the work trip. So it was quite Suck stressful. it up, princess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next DIY hack. <laughs> so the next one is uh, following on from the uh, the dolly that you can make. If you've got the hang of that, mm. you can actually make a um, a steady cam holder. So oh. like with PVC pipe. So like if you're trying to get your shot again when you're filming, if you, like you want to keep your camera steady, it's like a little. Um, uh, uh, strap system that you put onto your body and it's basically again using uh, PVC pipe and uh, some rubber and you can uh, make some handles on it so that you uh, attach your camera and it's like a little steady cam. Wow, clever. Isn't it? Yeah, very clever. Goodness me. It's, 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 we'll put the link in the show notes because it's probably yeah. a little bit hard to uh, 
picture. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's very handy to like just a bit of like amazing what you can make with a, a couple of bolts and some uh, and some PVC valve. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of PVC in this episode. So basically, well, let's get on to the next one, Val, because okay. it's going to make you happy. Right. Uh, I think go this on. is one that maybe you might even like want to have a go at. Uh, yes. The DIY camera bag from a purse. Oh, okay. To turn your purse into a camera bag, and I actually like uh, turn your like, handbag is what turn your mean, yeah a handbag yeah. into a, a camera bag, and I just think this is fantastic. And so because it's a really good way, because often um, camera bags a they look like camera bags, mm. and b they're all the same. So to get one that maybe uh, says more about you uh, and uh, has a bit of personality about it, I, I think uh, that's a good thing. So um, basically uh, what you do is you uh, you, you get a, like a – it's not going to work if it's one of those little clutch purses because that will hold your phone. They barely hold your keys and your phone, mm. the, the little ones. So it's one of those uh, bigger bags that when you carry them around you can't find – once stuff goes into them, you can yes. – never find anything again but basically um it's creating so like you know when you open a camera bag and it's got all the individual uh departments departments where you can put your lenses and all your bits and pieces Mm. so it's basically doing that so you you you're using um uh bits of uh like a a hard uh a harder kind of foam like a stiffer foam, and then uh, you 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 cutting the uh, the strips up, and then you cover them with uh, material. So you could you could pick whatever uh, kind of uh, pattern or color that you like to go into the inside of your bag. So from the outside, your bag could just look like the uh, you know a normal handbag, but inside when you open it up, you've got like a spot to put your camera, spot for the lens, spare batteries, uh, filters and a couple of other things as well. And you can divide it up and uh, you, you cover the fa- fabric and uh, you can add some Velcro and, uh, and you create a great little uh, soft bag which protects your gear and uh, no one will know you're carrying uh, cameras around. You can put little extra uh, special uh, pockets for memory cards and things like that and and fantastic. I think the good thing about this is that you can customise it to exactly your gear and accessories because, you know, sometimes you buy camera bags and it's like, oh, I wish I had an extra thing for that or, oh, I don't have something to fill that hole or, you know what I mean? So I think that um, when you're doing a MacGyvering it, you can cut the foam to exactly your your the size of your um, accessories and your lenses and your little bits and pieces. So yeah, it's a great idea. I love it. So I love this that you could just use uh, like you don't have to use this for a handbag, but you could get any bag. Like you could take a uh, stock standard suitcase valve and mm. use this technique to uh, create uh, the insert for the suitcase and make yourself uh, a custom camera bag basically yeah. out of anything which is fantastic but all you also really need is the make phone. it a bit yeah make it a bit sexier and and uh you get to you know instead of having black or black or black you could have mm. like red um you know red velvet on the inside you could mm. make it really luxurious yeah i love could. this yeah, i'm gonna great. do that i'm gonna make a red velvet interior for my camera bag val really yeah I, yeah or okay. black velvet or you know like the inside of a sewing a, machine I have two sewing machines, Val. Really? Why? I can sew. Can you? Yeah, I can. What do you sew? 
apart I from can, sandbags? Uh, I can make sandbags. So, okay. When I say I can sew, mm-hmm. I can sew basic stuff. Uh, so I can do straight lines <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. I can actually sew uh, – like if you do lots of straight lines, if you do four straight lines in a square, that's a pillow. Yeah, good. Okay. So I've actually made the some of the pillow covers here on my couch I've made. Really? But without the zippers, I do the, uh, you know, uh, pillow cases on your bed. You know how they don't have zippers or anything. This, yep. The flap goes over the back. I can do yep. that technique. Okay. Well, well done. You're I know. a woman of many talents. I, well, <laughs> Skateboarding. I can, sew, I can so. drill. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, now we have DIY background holders. I, now, yeah. this is good because often I go to photographic studios and there are, you know, lots of backgrounds like different yep. coloured paper and different patterns on paper and they're usually sitting upright in a box leaning against a wall. But yep. I like this idea and we'll put an image and link in the show notes where somehow they've figured out a way to mount them on a wall so it almost looks decorative. Yeah, and there's um there's there's quite a few ways. So this I got from uh the Design Revolution uh website and so there's uh there's there's quite a few ways that you can do this. So basically uh if you go to uh a place like uh Bunnings where I was and you can get like uh L brackets that uh, are used to I think people use them to hang bikes on walls, oh. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can mount one of those uh, to your wall and um, then basically you can get uh, uh, bolts, like strips of material. Like, in, uh, So we've talked about using um, curtain material makes great backdrops for some, for some stuff. And uh, you put a, like a, a, a bit of metal, uh, the, the length of your background, uh, and, and sew the... Uh, piece of uh, material onto that and you hang each individual um, background off this uh, hook on the wall and then all you need to do is uh, pick up the, the the length of rod and put it onto your background stand. So if you're wanting to shoot someone with four or five different backgrounds, mm-hmm. you can do that very, very quickly with this this system and then this way your um, your material is hanging constantly so if you've got a purpose-built uh, studio, uh, it's constantly hanging so it's not going to get all those creases like because if you roll it up, eventually it gets like the um, the creases of the roll even if you look after it really well. So you, it should be something that you keep hanging. So so that's a good way. A really Another really clever way was uh, to use um, – uh, little tubes of PVC. But let me just cut. let me just clarify before you move on to that one. The one that you described is kind of like is is it correct to say that it's kind of like if you've got lots of different backdrops and you yeah. don't want to be putting them up and down, up and down all yeah. the time. Particularly if you shoot in the same spot each yeah. time, you know, because you might do portraits or, or yeah. whatever, and you've got your lights set up. This is almost like a like a bike rack in that you you pull out. It's like it's like pulling out a screen yeah so that the right backdrop is the one that's being featured is that correct yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and so you just like bring the one to the front that you want and uh yeah you might have six or seven different backgrounds but you set up your lights Mm. 
you have your, the same lighting set up, but you just change your background very quickly. And right. uh, the backgrounds are, and then, um, I don't know, every year you probably get rid of all your backgrounds and go get a whole new batch. And, and we've talked about yep. swapping with uh, friends and so, you, you know, and, and changing it uh, to something new. You might be going through your paisley uh, period and then you might go into a dark and moody period or you might, you know, you could have all sorts of different things. Another really good way of uh, hanging uh, roll paper is to uh, use uh, um, uh, pieces of PVC pipe that you'll cut into maybe a um, uh, 10 centimetre sections, mm -hmm. right, and then you, you bolt those to, to, to the wall and then you just slide the um, – slide the roll paper in there and that's like you could then you just have one wall and all your roll paper is is hanging there and that's for storage so you, so bolt you can two, see it you bolt two rings so yes. that you slide it through and there's a ring yes. on each end yeah yeah and so you can just have one wall that's dedicated to all your roll paper because i know where my uh, roll paper is stored at the studio i've got like hundreds of rolls mm. but like i don't know what's at the back because i can't see it because yeah. it's covered by the ones in the front so this way you all your colors are displayed and oh, this yeah. could also be you could roll up your your material as well and and put it in those rolls so i think that's a great way to uh store your backgrounds yeah fantastic um, so uh next foul is a um a diy uh light box for shooting products yeah so basically uh, what you do for this one is uh, you get a, like, a cardboard box and um, you cut, cut it together. Hang on, so I'm trying to bring up the link here. So basically this is when you want to shoot products and you're, want, you're wanting to create what kind of environment, like a product like a, like a glass or a bottle or a – you know, any kind of sort of small product. What kind of thing are we trying to recreate here with this? Nevada? So when you're photographing something that's uh, like a, 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 a bottle of something, uh, like a liquid, and uh, you want to light it from underneath, uh, you need to mm. use something like a, a light table. So um, mm. this is basically uh, if you use a uh, – so imagine you've got a box that's, uh, I don't know, um, what would that be, uh, about a metre high and about half a metre wide, like a, a cardboard box. So basically uh, all you need to do is make a little doorway in the, in the front of the box that you can uh, put your light inside, uh, line that with uh, a, like a black card, and, um, and then you sit your light in there and then you cut out a, uh, a clear bit of um, a perspex for the, the actual bottle to sit on. And so that's going to be uh, like a, a translucent perspex so you can shine uh, the flash through that perspex onto the bottle and you can light your bottle. So what you're saying you is that if you imagine a box, you cut out the roof of the box and put perspex on the roof. So yes, it's like a the table. Top of the, up yeah. the top of the box, yeah. And yeah, so you... you, you the, the roof of the box is perspex. The product then goes on that. But inside the box is a like a very strong torch shining upwards. Yes. So it's like the product has this, you know, great glow. A glow, yeah, glow about it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So it's just a really 
cool and easy and like you could go next level with this uh and um you could make a little like a a, a cardboard uh, like a, a a proper timber box yeah right well you you make something permanent and uh and just build it like that if you're going to be doing a lot of this sort of stuff um yeah. very easy way to MacGyver that Fantastic. But in the meantime, right. just a cardboard box with them, some perspex is fine. Yeah, if you've, you know, you've only got one go at it. So um, now uh, I think I've talked about this, uh, these next ones in uh, the episode on how to create great backgrounds. So mm-hmm. DIY Gobo. So Gobo is basically uh, something that uh, uh, comes creates... out of your nose. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. I think that's a gooby. Oh, okay, Gooby. That's uh, another Australian <laughs> word. There is that. Uh, is that is that a universal word for that? Not Gooby. sure. Well, All there right, you go. A gobo. That's a gobo, <laughs> okay. and uh, basically uh, just uh, getting a black uh, sheet of cardboard, and you can cut like slits into that. Put it in front of your light, and you can create a really uh, interesting background. So, um, very simple little MacGyver hack. So, um, so black- yeah, if you don't actually have a situation where you're you've got some mood, and you've got you don't have any coloured backgrounds or whatever, you can play with the lighting, and for example, kind of simulate potentially like that there that you're shooting through some blinds or through yes. some slats or yes. or through some any kind of shapes really by using the some stencil some cut out stencil in front of your lighting so that that is effectively what's projected onto you know behind the the person yeah, and, and sort of a, like a stiffer cardboard, uh, white and black, is uh, really handy to have in your kit. So if you've got uh, like a, a larger uh, camera bag or a, a, a case that you keep your lights in, I think it's really uh, really handy to also carry, uh, cut up some, um, some squares of cardboard, uh, you know, m- maybe uh, as big as you can make them that you're able to carry them around easily like just have them in the top of your bag yeah uh, come and uh also a a box cutter knife and yep. uh, maybe a metal uh ruler that you mm. can um use to uh just cut shapes out of if you need to uh just to add interest to a background because often uh you might be presented with a background everything's looking great but the background is just a little bit flat there's not mm. a, a lot of life going on so just by you can either pop a bit of light in the background but if you want to add interest you can just cut some shapes out of uh, the black card uh, tiny shapes hold them in front of the light uh, Mm. mount them in front of the light and shoot through that and it just adds uh, a little bit of interest put some life in your shot rather than having just a flat background great love it all right it's a really good diy yeah yeah so um one that I uh, really, really love, Val, is uh, using for, again, for products. And uh, this, I've uh, also used this for uh, headshots as well, is uh, using LCD screens as backgrounds for product oh. shots. Uh oh is fantastic so basically uh if you're shooting products and you want to have a a sexier background you can um just use your ipad 
or your laptop uh-huh. and uh, bring up a screen like you can you can make your own uh, in Photoshop like you can make a, a mottled blue or you can um, uh, have a photo of bokeh that you might have taken and load that onto your screen and use that as your background. What a it's great just, idea. It's so cool. It's not funny and it's so easy. It's not funny. And I've used this uh, as well. Uh, like I've uh, photographed people in front of uh, large screen TVs and use yes. the TV as a background. And uh, it, it just gives you a really, really sexy background. Isn't that a cool idea? So that they would the the person or the product would need to be a little bit um, – well, you Away need to make sure the, the, yeah, the depth of field is such that the – the the background is is blurry right yes yeah so and 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 it will be and so um it's uh, just a, a really, really cool hack. So um, I've seen it done for products, for macro photography. And with macro photography, uh, the background, you, you don't even need to have a blurry background because the depth of field is so shallow with mm. macro photography that like anything will be thrown out of focus. But just a, a great way. And then you could just, if you were doing like a whole lot of uh, macro shots, even food shots, Val, and you just wanted needed quick uh, background changes. If you just you bring in your like your your you LCD or your laptop, even if it's mm. a small product, and change your background, change, change, change. Fantastic. So yep. now in the show notes or in the post that we'll put the link in the show notes, some examples of the backgrounds are there's one that's sort of like a, a starry sky. There's one that's just this indeterminate green bokeh. Um, there's one that's just a purple wash. What kind of backgrounds would you suggest that we bring up on the LCD to use in this fashion? So you'd, you'd want uh, backgrounds that are a, a, a kind of uh, not not too detailed, Val. So you don't want uh, something like you wouldn't have uh, a super sharp image uh, because that's going to uh, not 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 uh, blur that well. So you'd want something that's like a uh, uh, that's already got like a nice. Uh, sort of uh, blur to it uh, yeah. would work well um, and uh, play with the colours as well. Um, it, and it's just a matter of experimenting because it's going to depend on uh, the f-stop that you're using, Val, and um, and uh, also uh, how close you are to – so if you're very close to your product and the background is further away from your product, the the blur is going to be uh, greater. So that, that you sort of got to play with the width and uh, within the parameters of the size of the screen and the size of your products. But well worth playing around with. Yeah, great. Okay, cool. Well, we probably have time for a couple more. What else have you got for us, Gina? All right. So um, I really love uh, this next one, which is uh, making a um, a bracket. So uh, we've talked about using speed lights, Val, and one of the uh, limitations of working with single speed lights when we're shooting outside is the fact that uh, if you want to overpower the sun, often mm. a single speed light is not going to be powerful enough, particularly if you're shooting, say, at midday, you've got the sun overhead casting uh, heavy shadows and you want to overpower that so you want to mm. light light someone up overpower the sun you're going to need to uh, combine a couple of speed lights together to give you double the power okay mm-hmm. so you can actually get brackets you can buy brackets that do that but why would you when you can MacGyver one well, you mean buy brackets to 
have two you can mount bikes. yeah you can buy right. brackets that you can have two three four um, right. that that'll fit in um uh into a speed light but but uh you can actually macgyver your own val and um so it's it's easy and it's basically just a matter of using um l brackets and uh and, and nuts and bolts and then you need the uh the hot shoe attachments that you can easily buy online and so there's a, a great link in, and then that all attaches to your favorite speedlight uh, uh softbox adapter that mm-hmm. you, that you can buy so then you can have uh you can mount two uh speedlights into a softbox and it's all wow. DIY'd for yourself. And you can, like, spray it all black and it looks really sexy. Wow, okay. Fair enough. Okay. I'm not sure whether I'll be doing that one. No, no. So I, I've got one, uh, a final one for you, uh, Val, and yes. uh, we, I, we've skipped a few, but we'll, we'll put the links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the final one that I actually uh, think is fantastic and I'd completely forgotten about this little hack, but this is something that uh, in my old studio we used to do with uh, a, a, a giant piece of, um, of, of white um, polystyrene styrene foam that I had Uh whenever I I, you know you might be shooting models and you want to reflect light back into the shot Val Uh the problem with using reflectors uh, whether it's uh, polystyrene foam or foam core which is another uh, material that people use is often the board is constantly getting in the way of the shot Uh and so you're trying to bring it in and especially if you're having like when I'm using uh, beauty dishes uh, I, I have my beauty dish above my model and then I bring in another um, a, a reflector just under the model's chin or midway just to bounce back, light back under the chin, right, and balance it up. And, or if I'm um, shooting outside, my model might be backlit, I want to uh, light her with uh, some fill using a reflector just to bounce some light and I'm constantly negotiating uh, how close I can bring the, uh, the fill without getting it into the frame. This hack, so clever, so simple. You get your reflector, Val, yeah. cut a hole in the middle. Oh, I don't know right? if I could do that. And you put your lens through the hole and shoot. So you've got like this perfect, oh. perfect reflector. Yeah, right. And it, And so you are bouncing like light flat onto the model's face if they're mm. backlit. Mm. It's genius and so yeah. simple. Oh. And so what I would do, and because uh, uh, I've got a small, uh, a, a smaller reflector, it, it, it's so clever. It is clever. It's so clever. I've got a small reflector that I'm going to cut a hole into. My concern is that eventually the hole will tear and you'll wreck your reflector. So I'm actually going to cut the hole and then I'm going to reinforce it by um, – you can actually get – you can well even even easier than that. You can get like hemming tape that right. actually uh, you can glue or iron it on mm. around the edges, and that'll that'll secure and stop that from fraying and and wrecking. Or 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 if you were pretty handy, you could almost um, sew in some elastic oh. uh, to that area so that it kind of uh, secured onto the lens a bit better. But just that's. Probably my favourite MacGyver hack. That is very ever. clever. Very Isn't clever. It cool? And we will put an image in the show notes so um, if you want to see it. But basically, yeah. yeah, it's it's a reflector with a hole cut out in the middle and you stick your lens through it. 
It's really yeah. a brilliant idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love it. Right. Yeah. There you go. Okay, well done. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I know that you love a good MacGyver, so um, these are all, yeah, fantastic. I know I have to admit that there are only some of them that I would bother with myself. Yeah. <laughs> there's some that are a little bit more complicated than I care for. I just go to the camera shop and buy it. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's not as much fun. There's there's a few more there for like uh, yes. you know, keeping your camera steady with a bag of lentils. <laughs> And there's some uh, there's some good ones for filters which you could probably hack to make a, a little lentils. bit better. Yeah, yeah. Do you eat lentils? I do like lentils. You got to cook them for a long time. That's a trick yeah. with lentils. But I do, you don't like lentils, obviously. Oh, not my favourite. This would is say. Uh, lentils are part of my heritage, Val. Really? What my family lived on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, what's happening with you in the world of photography this coming week, Gina? So this week I've got uh, some uh, a, a big lifestyle shoot uh, tomorrow, so very, very early start. And uh, I've also got um, some more editorial to shoot, so uh, a pretty big week for me. What about you, Val? What are you up to? What am I up to? Tomorrow um, someone's interviewing me on their podcast so Ooh. that should be interesting. About photography, Val? No, not about photography. About DIY? They, they're a videographer, though. But <laughs> I'm going to um, ask you about DIY hacks that you might love. Yeah, you never know. I'll tell them about lentils. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm sure that will go down well. And uh, I am going to also have um, a shiatsu massage this coming oh, week. Nice. I know. Nice because... I think I slept funny on the weekend and haven't yeah. been quite right since. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, just doing a whole bunch of things. So it should, should be fun. I'll be doing quite a lot of video editing. Um, mm -hmm. I'm having a session with uh, a one-on-one -on -one session with an Adobe master trainer. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, fantastic. To, I'm you know, a tad jealous about that, Sal. <laughs> You'll have to come Very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, and, uh, yeah. But where do we find you online, Gina? So you can find me at uh, ginamilitia.com. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm also on Instagram at ginamilitia and Twitter at ginamilitia. <laughs> and, of course, when you go to ginamilitia.com, you can find out more about the Gold Community, which is an awesome community with hundreds of people uh, in, inside the community where you can get direct access to Gina and uh, also attend the live masterminds and um, – and, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, Val. Goodness me. <laughs> Choking before the end of the show. Come on, you can get there. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I didn't mean to cough in your ear. Um, it's been a professional show, this one. Been a very We're getting professional... better at this, aren't we? Yes. You're there <laughs> clicking your pen. <laughs> sorry, everyone. We'll be better next week. <laughs> You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O -O on Twitter and Instagram. I'm now wondering whether I'll bother with Snapchat now that Instagram well, stories is up. Well, you know, oh, Instagram. Oh, yeah, I know. that Snapchat must be so annoyed at mm. Instagram because mm. apparently Instagram's now gone off. Yes. And all the same people that were doing stories for Snapchat are now doing them for 
Instagram. Well, I think the nail in the coffin was when um, the founder of uh, Snapchat, Evan Spiegel, he uh, got engaged to Miranda Kerr, you know, the supermodel, Australian Mm -hmm. supermodel Miranda Kerr, and she announced their engagement on Instagram. Oh, my God. So kind of like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Anyway, we promise we'll be more professional next week, yeah, everyone. Pro- Thank you yeah. so much for listening and we look forward to chatting to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.